0: In about 4 months and I got to say the theme song, the new Lion's theme song from John Page, John Page music, it still gets me rocking. It still gets me ready to roar every single time. So, very excited today to well, to be talking, to have talked Past tense, future tense—it's all confusing in the podcast time warp here. But I actually spoke to today's guest several weeks ago. His name is Don the Pleb. He has a YouTube channel, Pleb Media. Of course, I say YouTube really where you want to find him now is Rumble, uh, as, as I mentioned in the in the interview. Because you know YouTube censors people like Don, and well, censors people like us. Uh, we, we got another YouTube strike a, a few weeks ago, and that's why I encourage you all to go ahead and subscribe to our Odyssey channel because we will never be censored on Odyssey. And our stuff will always be over there. So if you're ever looking for a video, looking for a YouTube, maybe we're shut down one week, maybe they remove something another week. Fear not. It's all going to be over there on Odyssey. And uh, I've been on a little bit of an Odyssey myself these past few weeks. Took a little road trip across the country to take care of some things I had to take care of and got to meet a lot of people that I I know in the uh, Liberty world. Jason Stapleton, who of course I've known for years. He lived in Los Angeles Uh, when I was there. Got to meet up with him in Phoenix. Got to meet up with Buck Johnson of CounterFlow, as well as Andrew from Popular Liberty, who you'll be hearing from right in this very spot in a couple weeks. And finally, I got to meet a guy named Brett, Brett Lindell, out there in Florida, connected to him uh, through Tho Bishop. And I got to say, great guy. I'm not going to get into his story because I'm going to let him tell it. He's going to be a guest on Lions Liberty sometime in the next few weeks. And always just really emphasize how much, and look, I've already met Buck before, met Jason before. was meeting Andrew and Brett for the first time, but really meeting people face-to-face, shaking those hands, really getting to know someone with, In the case of Brett, you know, we had a a three or four hour conversation. Uh, That's how you really get to know someone. That's how you really get to make connections. And that's what Liberty people need to be doing more of in their own lives, uh, in their communities, et cetera. And less of the, here comes the hypocritical moment, less of the talking about everything online. Of course, that's what I'm doing here. Online's Liberty. But I'm encouraging you to also get out in person, shake those hands, meet people, uh, because that's how you make progress. That's how you build bridges, et cetera, et cetera, so on so forth. Before we get into today's interview with Don the Pleb, I want to remind you well, I'm not gonna remind you about the first thing. Just gonna warn you, there is a little what is a little bit of uh, uh, issue with his audio uh, in the beginning. He had a little bit of a mic thing that we just couldn't figure out. Uh, it was a little bit jarring at first, but trust me, it does get better and the content is so fucking golden that you're gonna forget about it anyway. So just be 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 warned, but stick through it. you will you will not regret it. Also, don't forget you could have seen this, heard this, all of that stuff live. Had you only supported Lions of Liberty on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty, where we have all sorts of tiers. You can get on monthly calls with Brian and John and myself. You can produce an episode of the show, the Nittany special every single month. There are so many options over there on Patreon. And if you want a more simple, less patreon option, check us out on Locals at lionsofliberty.locals.com. That being said, I have talked quite enough, I think. It is now time to hear from Don the Pleb. <laughs> all right, my guest today... He is the owner, the operator, the host, whatever you want to call him, over at Pleb Media. His name is Don. He is Don the Pleb. Don, are you ready to roar?
1: I am ready to roar. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to, because hopefully I won't break the mic this time. What can I say? <laughs> Well, Don, you have been roaring
0: for quite some time that that you've been uh, been mostly on YouTube. And uh, I wanted to talk to you because you're one of the many, I would say, well, maybe not one of the many, but one of the very coherent and entertaining voices uh, on the right side of politics, I would say. And you can take the term right either way there, I suppose. But I've really been enjoying what I've been seeing from you lately. So, I'm happy to have you here. And why don't we just start with, I guess, the Don the Pleb origin story? I presume you weren't just Don the Pleb from birth. So, what actually got you here? What led you into the realm of politics? And how did Don the Pleb come to be? So, uh,
1: I grew up in California, which is the, uh, it's like Disneyland, but backwards. It's the worst place on earth. And uh, I very early in life started to notice that uh, stupid people in Sacramento were making my life miserable and I didn't like it. And so I started, uh, I, I was a giant political dork from like teenage years, you know, uh, for those that remember when fark.com got created, I was reading that from the beginning. And then I started looking at the comments there and I was like, how do you people read these stories every day and not come to the conclusion that all of this is terrible policy? <laughs> like, we do stuff. Everything gets screwed up. Do more stuff. <laughs> Can we just stop? <laughs> and, uh, then I spent some time out in the working world in California, and that sucked balls. Uh, you know, all the, all the stuff that people talk about these days, like, oh, there's all these classes, and they're all stupid, and it's all about diversity. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing that since, like, 2001. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty goddamn terrible. You go to work, and, you know, I worked at Intel, like, the chip manufacturer, for a while. Mm-hmm. And they had all their, it was during their, you know, don't be a suit" campaign and so everybody's walking around in jeans and t-shirts and they're like yeah man so like the next step of this is is we get to and they they're basically talking uh, affirmative action right and that's gonna make him feel great I'm like what the hell does that have to do with anything like the black guy that works next to me is pretty cool but do we just do you have like a stock of him is that <laughs> if you do why didn't you hire them what am i doing here and on and on it went and then i you know uh Went through some other crazy nonsense, did a bunch of construction work around that time, uh, joined the Marine Corps, spent a handful of years there, uh, blowing stuff up. I You will still often hear me talk about cannons and uh, war things that are going on. I am a giant contrarian, apparently, uh, insofar as... I have no belief in the world that people with an artillery unit of any variety are actively leveling cities when they're still city standing. Cause that's not how artillery works, uh, nor bombs, nor any vaguely modern military. <laughs> um, and anyhow, I, I got out of the Marine Corps. Uh, and then, um, I ended up with a podcast because I, I went from, you know, sleeping like four to six hours a night for about four years to not having anything to do with all that time. Uh, cause when you're in the Marine Corps, they're like, Oh, we could work you 20 hours a day. Yes. Right. And so you get used to being up this long. So I'm, I'm scrolling through, you know, riots are happening back in the 2012 to 2014 era. I'm watching them live. I'm reading the news articles about them. Like this propaganda crap is bullshit. This is not what's happening at all. My wife one day goes, I swear to God, if you don't find someone else to talk to, like, we're going to get a divorce. All right. Like, I don't want to divorce you, but you, you need to get the fuck out of here. Talk to somebody else. Right. All right. this Well, right. (laughs) Very similar origin
0: story uh, from my, my rantings during my young, impressionable Ron Paul years. So that that pretty much led to this podcast as well.
1: (laughs) And so uh, I I called up a friend of mine who uh, had a bunch of free time. And I was like, well, man, you want to do like a podcast? Like talk about the, talk about politics and stuff and he was like yeah what the hell why not um and then i think he burned out pretty hard is what it came down to It's like dude you have no idea how depressing this is and i was like i sit across from you i know exactly how depressing this is
0: <laughs> and so podcasting is a burn like you better fucking love doing it or you're gonna burn way the fuck out really fast
1: oh yeah um you know it's and for the people who do it uh, there there was a while there i was doing uh Five days a week, um, an hour every morning, plus like one to three interviews a day. Wow. Um, and I was like, all right, we got to turn the volume down on this just a hair." <laughs> like, that cannot be a thing. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that. And then for a while there, uh, after I had been just talking about politics and, and news and what have you for a bit, um, I started going to protests and uh, filming those. and going to the protest is wild uh, if if I was not getting old and starting to break down I'd probably still be doing it but uh, sadly age comes for all of us so these days I'm back to just talking about it uh, that and and strategy because I think the right just sucks balls at politics um, and look if you're if you're listening to this and you're, you're you're a political strategist and you're like you just don't get it I'm like well you know what I know what losing looks like and we're pretty good at that <laughs>
0: so yeah and losing not just in the sense of one election or the last election or something I mean look at the last hundred years it's like losing the entire culture losing the education losing them is losing at every single level
1: oh yeah uh, existential wow hello uh yeah existential losing you like, I, there? <laughs> I <was>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> well you know it's all <laughs> I don't see HRT so we should be good but yeah, losing in like an existential sense Like, uh, you know the, If you went back to Even the, the open Political figures, who are always kind of Milk-toasty on the right, but if you went back to the Open political figures of the 90s And you, you told them what was going on today Half of them would have a heart attack and die, right then And there they just, you're, what? What? you're doing what to children? We're, yeah. What's the inflation rate? Oh my god <laughs> Even
0: just the, the inflation rate they admit Mm. I mean, that's the one they admit is shocking. Not the I mean the real one is we don't I mean Oh doesn't take take too many trips to the grocery store to know that the real one is, is a lot higher than the reported one.
1: Oh yeah. Uh right at, right around the time they started going, Oh yeah, inflation's happening. Because there was that that period of time where uh, you know, oh inflation's not happening. Uh the right is just making this up, right? And right about the time that uh, you started to get articles that were like, okay, maybe inflation's happening. My wife comes home from like forgot stuff at the store shopping trip and is just staring at this receipt and is like, "What's f- going on?" And I'm like, "What? Like, I bought nothing and it was like forty five bucks." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you live with me; you had to know the inflation was coming." She's like, "Well, yeah, but I mean, don't you watch my videos?" <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's I, I mean, it's going to be the same thing. It always is. And I hate to sound so apathetic about it because it's going to be terrible. Right. Uh, make no mistake. But You want to know what inflation looks like? Go back and watch that video of Venezuelans beating a cow to death with shovels. That's what it looks like. You know, at least this much.
0: And I, I I hope we don't have actual. <laughs> I hope I don't see actual cows being beaten to death in the street. But I mean, yeah, I, I took a trip to Florida. I'm over here in Mexico right now where. I wouldn't say inflation's hitting me too hard, uh, but this stuff all does trickle across the world. But I, I took one trip to Florida uh, a few weeks ago and same kind of thing. Like we're, we were there for three days. So we were not, and we had an Airbnb without a stove. So we were not, this is not a major shopping trip. We bought like a couple things to eat for an Airbnb for like two days that like this kind of stuff you can just like make in the microwave or open a bag of and it was like we spent like 85 dollars, and i'm like this used to yeah. be like two this should be two weeks of eating well like what what is this and I, we literally bought like like you just like you said with your wife we bought fucking nothing <laughs> like literally yeah. almost nothing
1: and it's uh so i feel kind of bad for this because when when i was a kid right get off my lawn uh but when i was a kid we'd uh just just moved out of my house you know i'm living in a two-bedroom apartment with like three other guys right because we're all working crap jobs in an expensive city and it sucked um but a friend of mine and i we we just go through the couch and pull out like quarters and go to the dollar store and go all right that's that's a bag of pasta that's uh, i don't know it says hamburger must be just close enough uh where's where's the uh pizza sauce they've only got pizza sauce. Boom. And it goes all right. Like that's like three fifteen. That's food for two days, you know. Right. And inflation at the rate that it's going, man. I, I hope you got fifties in that couch. I mean, <laughs> it's just not going to be a feasible thing to live that way in any sense, you know? Um,
0: when I first moved to LA and like, in like 2004 that, that we would do the same thing. We would do the dollar store. Like it's Friday night. We're broke. Uh, let's see how much change we got. And like literally four or $5 we could buy. Cause they'd have these little, not even that little like i think they were like a liter boxes of wine for literally at the dollar store couple of those whatever other like you know three for a dollar beers we can afford we're off to the races i don't think that's possible anymore even at, even oh, at the no. dollar store because i don't think the dollar store well, is really a dollar now or or you get way less stuff or something
1: yeah a bunch of them are like a buck 50 now and i was like kind of defeats the purpose of calling at the dollar store doesn't mm-hmm. it and but,
0: buck, buck, yeah. buck 49 store just doesn't have the same ring
1: it doesn't but at the rate we're going it's going to be the 100 dollar store by the time you know we retire
0: hey i just found this 100 bucks in my couch you want to go, want to go grab a couple of
1: beers right hey, that's that's no joke you know i, I found a 100 dollar bill on the side of the road once when i was a kid well when i was yeah 18 right 19 something like that I was walking it's a life home from work at that age right and I, i'm like oh, i'm rich and at this point i'm like yes i got groceries till friday you know <laughs> on thursday <laughs>
0: Maybe I can eat tonight. Do you find like in your interactions with other voices on the right, or or whatever, whatever interactions you may have with others on the right, that yes, there's like this outrage probably about the inflation, directing a lot of it towards Joe Biden, you know? But do do you think that a lot of people on the right understand inflation from like the technical aspect and really understand where it comes from, or is it just? biden's in power now so derpty de derp yeah big this guy bad but as soon as we change power they won't you know make make the same connections do you think they actually get the the root cause of all this
1: at this point i'm pretty sure basically everything is a propaganda war right um because if you want to get really technical about the inflation that we're getting right now about 50 percent of it's obama inflation right we're, we're finally getting money out of the money markets as it trickles back in from the 08 subsidization.
0: And that's really right? that's scary. That's
1: finally happening, right? Uh, and so some of this is, you know, a, a decade in preparation uh, to get here. And it just started in the past couple of years. Um, this is where you see, you know, like the Black Rocks and things turned all of that money that they had sitting in stocks into actual property. It's a bunch of inflation that happens when that happens, right? Because you're, you're sort. it's like, uh, you know, the somebody the other day, you know, some sal or something the Argorist is like you know buy coke because uh, cocaine because uh, you know they, they bury the money and they lose 10% of it to rats and so you're you're creating deflation if you buy drugs and I was like funny but you know not really the, the reality of it being buried in the ground is much more important to deflation than uh, whether or not they're losing 10% of it to rats because it's not in circulation mm-hmm. now you you, it, it is effectively non-existent until they buy something and so when you you know if you want to talk about whether or not people understand inflation nobody n- anywhere is talking about how you know f- coming up on 15 years ago now uh, when all the economists said hey look what Obama's doing is relatively smart you're not going to feel this for at least a decade and when it kicks in no one is going to remember that this happened and they were dead balls on right nobody remembers that we pumped $30 trillion into the economy 15 years ago, right? Uh, and so what you get now is oh, but the stimulus passed yesterday, right? And that is doing all the heavy inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you don't have to like this, but when Democrats do inflationary things, they give it to big corporations and tell the big corporations to hang on to it, pay their bills in a very direct sense, but only to other major corporations. And they do that for a reason. They know damn well inflation's coming, but you don't feel it until it hits the general market and when it hits the general market they're just hoping the other side is in charge right because by the way if trump had won a second term we'd still be getting this obama inflation now presumably the economy would be doing better so it wouldn't hit quite so hard but still we get it and if you had plotted 16 years from the time obama got you know uh put all this into effect what you'd find is that the second term of a Republican president would be getting a lot of inflation and then they could go, Oh, it's your fault. Right. (laughs) I mean, they're not stupid. um, No matter how much they pretend to be, no matter how much we act like they are, they get what they're doing.
0: It's almost like they, um, they, they, predict based on normal political cycles and they say all right this is going to hit in 10 years let's say do the math yeah there's it'll probably be in the second term of a republican by then but of course trump right. threw everything to a mix and then they decided well we can't we can't do four more years of this so we got to have a whole new we got to fortify some things i guess
1: exactly and so um you know it, when and dear dear all of the right wing I I love all of your autism. I really do. I love how right you are about everything, and you really are. Uh, On the other hand, when you come out to Obama and you say, we're not going to feel this for 10 years. You know what he hears? I'll be out of office. Good luck. (laughs) You know, and guaranteed that guy was sitting back and he had his own economist go, we could probably string this out you know, 10 years if we do it this way, right? And and again, they already know the Soviet Union did a bunch of stuff like this where they'd just delay it for a while so you wouldn't connect the two ideas and on and on, right? And so he, you know, they they back of the neck in math and they go, okay, we're proposing this. And then all the right-wing economists come out and do all the work for him and go, oh, the CEO can chart through all of this, right? And they go, cool, we were right on the money. I,
0: <laughs> you know. I want to go back to, uh, You know, as you were kind of coming up, covering protests, and I think you said 2012, 2013 times, as you saw Donald Trump emerge as a just, you know, first flirting with the idea of running for president, I think a lot of people just kind of gave it the, all right, sure. And then running for president, I think you still got a lot of that. (laughs) All right. Yeah, whatever. But then at some point it becomes a serious thing and then a real thing and then the realest thing. So a lot, when you were kind of coming up in, in during those times, what was what were your first thoughts, your initial thoughts about Donald Trump and how did those evolve as you saw him ascend all the way to the pres- presidency
1: and beyond, I don't know, wh- wh- wherever he is now, wherever, whatever we call that, whatever he is. <laughs> um, when Trump first said he was running for president, uh, I, I think I was in a roughly the same boat as a lot of people where, uh, this was, um, a PR stunt, right? And I, I halfway think that sort of the way Trump does things is this was a hedged bet, his opinion, right? Run for president, even if I don't win, I ran for president, right? Uh, and so it's good for the name, it's good for the brand, blah blah blah. If I win, well, it's good for the name, it's good for the brand. Uh, and I, I think the the other side of that coin was, um, you know, things are screwed up, and I it, at least I'm willing to take a swing at it. Uh, I probably the only time you'll ever hear me say this. I think Shapiro was right when he said that Trump thought he was going to walk into office and the Senate and the house were just going to give him bills. And he was going to wave the magic pen, uh, like and he'd be the CEO were,
0: and everyone would just do whatever he commanded. And that would be that.
1: Right you know, and, and they, he would he would go out and say, we should do this because it will make America great, and then the lawyer people would go handle all the actual law writing and then he could just, you know, sign on the dotted line and be done. Um, I don't think, and in fact, I think the more you go back and look at his first year, the more you will find out he was not at all ready for uh, the absolute war that a lot of the U.S. government was willing to lay at his feet. Um, in the world of when did it get serious? Uh, the, I think the second debate, uh, the second Republican debate, he went from decently even numbers with everybody to just way out ahead. Uh, and at that point, I think it, it, that was about the moment that he became like, he's probably going to win. I mean, it was him and Rubio, uh, and Cruz for about nine seconds. And then Rubio fell off because he sucks. Um, and then after that, it was, it was just him and Cruz and Rubio spent most of his time trying to knock Trump out. And I went, "Mm, that's not good. People hate you. You should, you want Trump out. You should just shut your mouth, (laughs) you know, or, or support him. Right. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) it was right about then. Uh, I got, I started getting calls from family members, um, and, and friends and things going, have you heard what Trump is saying? And I went, yeah, I've heard what Trump is saying. I mean, like this, this is, you know, I've been doing this for years. What are you talking about? Have I heard what Trump is saying? <laughs> well, you, do you know, I have you
0: know, this YouTube chat. Do you not, do you not know that this is what I do anyway?
1: Right. Right. You know, and, and they're, uh, they're all like, well, but you know, he cares about the Southern border and, you know, China's terrible and and we should, you know, he's saying all the right things. And I went, well, that's about half true. Right. You know, he is, a lot of the emotional rhetoric is great. Uh, a lot of the policy rhetoric is like, mm. um, but okay, he's willing to go to the mat against people who are waging the ele- uh, uh, economic warfare against us. All right, I'm in. Uh, he's interested at you know and think uh, oh they're, they're not sending their best rapists and thieves. Well, yeah, when MS-13 is crossing the border whenever they feel like it, that's true. You know, <laughs> like it or not, it's true and so yeah it'd be a good thing to get that under control i'm with you um after that though what exactly is it that trump is proposing that you like and nobody knew right and i went okay so we're we're doing that again
0: i don't know but he's hilarious so whatever (laughs) <laughs> mm. he's got a couple of good points and he makes me laugh. What more do I need to know? I guess. what.
1: And uh, whether, again, whether anybody likes it or not, I think Donald Trump likes this country, right? I, I think he likes the premise of the country, the the existence of it. He probably is thankful for what it has, you know, it has done for him and, or allowed him to do take whichever phrasing appeals to you best. Uh, I think he does actually support, uh, the military, which if you're talking to Republicans is is money in the bank every time. Um, And specifically, that you're not uh, jerking people around, right? Um, And I I think that was all pretty well demonstrated throughout the years uh, that he was president. And that was about the only other thing that anybody had. is Well, he actually cares about the troops, right? And I went, "Mm, easy to say, we'll see how it works out. Sure enough, I think he does. Um, But after that, nobody had any idea what they wanted out of him. And I think that's really the problems. All of the problems that everybody has with Trump, uh, well, the left doesn't count. They're not people. But everybody else, right, all the problems they have with Trump come from nobody knowing what they wanted, right? Because Trump was, believe it or not, probably the only president in my lifetime that was responsive to his base. If if Twitter got pissed off at him, uh, specifically his base of Twitter, got pissed off at him, he would shift gears. It's just on the fly. Oh, nope, we're not doing that anymore. And that's not, you know, the the only other thing I can think of that's even kind of like that is uh, Bush Jr. said, we're doing amnesty. And there were like nationwide protests. Uh, And he went, "Mm, maybe we're not doing amnesty. (laughs) Um, Other than that, though, you know, nobody listens to the base. Nobody cares. Like, ah, you got me in office. I got four years. At the end of the four years, I'm going to come back and tell you how I'm going to do all this other stuff for you Uh that I'm not going to do.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. The <laughs> only other sad. thing I, I can think of that, well, seems similar in the sense is when they were, I think it was around 2011, that they were whole hog ready to go to Syria after side because of the, the chemical weapons attack, and Obama even gave a speech like, if he crosses the red line, here we go, and then there was just, I guess, mad. I don't know if it was from his base or what, but it does seem that there was enough sort of kerfuffle about it that he did back down from
1: that. My, and th- this is going to seem like I'm just a partisan hack, and that's fine. No, please. Feel free to think so. Hack away. Um, but my my estimation of Obama is that he, well, He's a a decent enough talker, but not a guy to be there when the meat meets the metal on that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's easy enough to say, "Eh, eh, eh, there's a red line, and uh, you can't cross it. (laughs) But the moment you gotta do something, there's real consequences to doing something. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, And he's a guy who avoided consequences like the play. Um, You know, he'd go out there and just say ridiculously stupid things all the time. But uh, the moment anyone tried to pin him down on it, oh, I, uh, I, I found out about that on the news, just like you, <laughs> bro. It's in your White House. Like, how, what do you mean you found out about it? Lois Lerner was just like sitting on your lap yesterday. You, did, you had no idea, really, none. Uh, and so, given that his foreign policy was basically like Biden's, this, this, uh, you know, we we lead from behind soft spoken kind of BS and no, I'm not some massive neocon or anything. But if you're going to tell people, Hey, if you do this, we're going to shoot you in the face. You better shoot people in the face because otherwise people don't believe. Mm -hmm. Right. And you don't get to just go make threats like that and then just leave them on the table. And people like Obama are perfectly happy to do that. People like Biden are decently well happy to do that. So the only thing it um, uh, has my hopes up that we don't get nuked. <laughs> Hopefully he's full of bluster in just a minute.
0: When you look at Trump's foreign policy, like what you mentioned there, that you think he really does like the troops. And I think, you know, he's certainly not a peacenik by any means. There was awards and, and drones raging all around the world while Trump was president, including the funding of everything going on in Yemen. But it does seem that when it comes to literal American troops, he was very reluctant to have them do Really, anything at all, uh, e- even the few military actions he took were always missiles or drones or what have you, but he really did seem to want nothing to do with actually invading a country or using the military in, in any kind of aggressive manner.
1: So uh, he did do a few things, uh, boots on the ground things. Um, you know I, I know the guy that was shooting the battery that shot uh, the barrel off the cannon right in Syria um I, I know the guy that was in charge of that and i friend of a friend uh, i know him personally that that guy personally but friend was talking to him and asked him you know when you know 2009 i was in afghanistan uh and the rules of engagement were just garbage right it was you know you you couldn't you basically had to be dead before you were allowed to shoot back uh in unless you wanted to get court-martialed which seems ridiculous but that's really about how it was and so he called him up and he said well, what were the rules of engagement like and uh the, the guy that was shooting the battery said the rules of engagement were win you know if you're gonna go go all the way and that is exactly what we got told on the way is if they call for fire support blow something up if you see guys with weapons charging you down um, you know, don't just waste random people, but if they're rushing your position, kill them. Which, if you're going to send the military out to do something, that's how you need to send them. Now, again, you can think I'm a giant warmonger or something, but in the end, you're telling a bunch of guys to go 10,000 miles away from where they live and put themselves in danger. It would be okay if like the vast majority of them came back. Now, you can argue whether or not whether they should be there. That's fine. But once you put them there, don't make them die for nothing, right? And in the world of caring about troops, that is the kind of thing as president where it's no longer, uh, you know, once someone has their leg blown off, then you're allowed to shoot, right? Uh, and it's the same thing you'd want in your own front yard, right? Like, if there's a guy running in your front yard and he's, he's shooting your house with a 12-gauge, you're like, well, he hasn't hit me yet, so I guess it doesn't <laughs> matter.
0: Until he blows my kneecap off, he's he has not violated the the non-aggression principle, so I
1: I will refrain. Exactly. Right. And so when you you talk about, you know, caring about troops, uh, troops have a very different view of this than most people, right? Because um, you know, no, no matter what anybody tells you, the vast majority of, of everybody who's ever been in the military is not there uh because Assad used chemical weapons, right? Like couldn't give a shit less, right? Uh I'm here. One, because I was ordered to be here. Two, because that guy's here and that guy's coming home and I'm making sure that that guy next to me is doing okay. Um, And when you get down to actual shooting, that's what it always is, right? Uh, And so when you go down and you say, okay, that guy next to you, you're allowed to shoot someone in the face to make sure he doesn't die. Everybody's happy, right? Everybody on the ground there is happy. And it's not a thing that, you know, for the Obama years, which is when I was active duty. it's not a thing that you got, right? It was It was very much, your life doesn't matter any. And it was very clear that your life didn't matter.
0: All right, gang. Well, you know what else is very clear? That is how much you need to get your hands on some of the incredible CBD products from our friends, Carlos and Vanessa Abelar at Paloma Verde. You can find them at com. These are two wonderful people, Liberty Lovers. I've been on Carlos's show too, Los Libertinos. Check that out as well. But these guys are a uh, you know a small family business that are providing an excellent product. So isn't that something you don't want to support? And let me tell you about CBD. If you're working out of the gym, if you're anything like Ian, working that hard, my God, you probably have some aches, some pains, some sore muscles, some knots, and that sort of thing. Man, I get this terrible knot in my uh, my upper right shoulder. And the CBD salves, and like nothing helps this thing. Like nothing helps this thing. The CBD salves actually from Pomoloma they actually did calm it down and boy, Eat a, little, a couple of those gummies. The gummies are freaking delicious. They're almost too delicious. Would be my only my only criticism. The gummies are too so delicious that you almost just want to sit there and eat the whole thing. And you, you really shouldn't do that. Although you would be okay because the great thing about CBD it, it does not knock you out. It doesn't really make you loopy or anything like that. Uh, it is the non psychoactive portion of the marijuana plant, so you're not going to get high or anything like that. But it is going to help with inflammation. Uh, helps you relax a little bit. Helps with stress. So I highly recommend checking out palomaverdecbd.com not just because they're a sponsor of the show but also because we have a tremendous discount for you a 20 percent off discount and free shipping for any order over 75 dollars. all you gotta do put some delicious products they might not all be delicious sometimes some of them just go on your skin you know um you order some great products some great cbd products from Paloma Verde, CBD.com. put in your discount code roar R-O-A-R, ROAR, and get 20% off that order plus free shipping. So head over to Paloma Verde CBD.com. Do not forget that discount code ROAR at checkout. How is something like that? I mean, like, what's the difference in the way they communicate to the troops or about missions that, that sends that message? So, you know, clearly, as you saw it.
1: So rules of engagement are a big one because they're set directly by the White House, right? Um, now, no White House is going to come down and be like, commit war crimes do whatever the hell you want rape babies right that's not gonna happen but nobody wants that anyway right um it, but if it's look you're fighting a war so go fight a war please right that's that's a big deal um and there, there's some other things um you know you're you need to go take stuff with nothing is sort of just rules of war right um but hey, we're actually going to get you stuff is a big deal. And I I know some guys who are coming up on like 20 years in now and they're going, you know, those four years I had, I had more of what I needed than I've ever had in my entire career the whole time. Uh, You know, we, we asked for stuff and yeah, it took time and yeah, giant military bureaucracy, but you got it. Right. Uh, And that was, that's just not how the military works. Uh, Generally speaking, you know, when I was in, I put in a a requisition for, and this is, this is, I'm not making this up. Uh, it's a little plastic square and it plots where you are on a map. And uh, I got told in about 2008 that I could have one about 2015. Uh, it Seriously, it's just a little piece of plastic. And uh, I was talking to some guys trying to get gear, you know, during the Trump era. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's uh, you will have it in your hand. hundred percent within six months, which probably sounds ridiculous to the civilian world. But that's like instant as far as the military is concerned. Um, On top of that, though, you know, is nobody. uh, I watched Obama speak while I was in, and that guy did not give a shit about anybody in the room, and it was pretty clear. Uh, He came down to talk to us about how uh, America was changing, and and that was such a great thing. And all of us were like, "Mm, pretty sure we enlisted for the country that, like, was, you know, yesterday. And uh, Trump would come down. Um, and you can watch video of this everywhere. The guy I actually sat, hung out with, talked with troops, um, you know, and it's usually, it's going to sound really gay, but it's really little stuff, right? Like the, uh, the, the hat blows off that Marine standing there in front of uh, yeah. Air Force One, and Trump just walks over, picks it up, puts it back on his head, right? Now, I knew guys who did uh, uh, Marine Security Guard things, right? And they talk about when Obama was there and your job mostly was to get the hell out of his way because he didn't have time for you. And that was that, uh, didn't take questions really. Um, when, like when he came to the base and, and, talked to us, uh, you know, he, he would stand there so you could take pictures with him. You were not allowed to ask him. Anything. And it's pretty clear. That's not what the rules were when Trump went to go visit troops. You know, he's in among them, he's hanging out with them, uh, all kinds of stuff. And it, It makes a difference, right? It's, uh, it's small and it's stupid, but it's, uh, you know what? You really do give a damn, uh, just that little amount, you just enough that, uh, yeah, you'll probably still order us to go, you know, do something crazy, but that's our job. That's what we signed up for. But it'd be nice if, uh, you didn't think of us as, as just something to throw into a meat grinder until you got what you wanted. And it's. It's, I don't know, it's difficult to describe. <laughs> I, I
0: think it speaks to Trump's just understanding of human nature. And he's always been someone who's been able to get his way. But he, he, I think, especially in the business world, maybe because much of his time was spent in the business world, as opposed to in politics, where maybe you can just get your way by just barking the orders over and over. And, you know, everyone beneath you has to do with what you tell them to but when you're coming up in the business world for 30 40 years whatever it is yeah the little things do count because that's how you relate to people and in real life people do respond to the little things you do for them because that's what people actually notice so it makes perfect sense that he would whether it's just strategic or he really is you know not as much of an arrogant aloof asshole and does actually care about the troops in some way shape or form either way it ultimately has the same effect
1: yeah uh, well I mean the output is very similar. There's there's a reason that you know uh, the media was very angry about that Humvee flying a Trump flag. And it's not because those guys didn't think Trump cared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don, I want to why don't we just keep traveling here through the timeline through through the continuum of, of the, la- the last decade sure, sure. or so. Um and I- Obviously, uh, we all know the last year and a half or two years of whatever it was, I guess it was just last year of the Trump presidency, some things got a little weird uh, in, in the world. So what were your thoughts when this COVID shit just started coming in? Not just obviously we all we all have been through these whispers of, oh, there's a flu somewhere in China. Watch out. And then we you know see on the news for three weeks and, and we just move on. We don't think it's going to affect our lives in any way. And then this happens, and it's just the exact opposite, the most extreme response you could ever imagine... And, you know, especially in the realm of like U.S. politics, there was a lot of this is all just to take Trump out. Um, I, I think that, I think there is a bigger agenda than just you know dealing with Donald Trump behind it. But I'm, I want to go back to what what were your thoughts when you saw all of this unfolding, not just the sniffing of a disease, but then the response, seeing the lockdowns and everything that was coming down, which which did initially happen under Trump.
1: I told people the lockdowns were coming. And, uh, whenever you, whenever you say something like that, before it happens, everyone and their brother goes, shut up crazy person. Right. Uh, and I said, look, you know, I, I lived through swine flu. I lived through bird flu and they were absolutely nothing. Right. Nobody, you know, it wasn't a big deal. We all, we all lived, we all moved on. It wasn't, you know, world ending. But during that time they were proposing mask mandates. They'd already come for healthcare workers. Um, you know, during cold and flu season, they already had to wear masks at all times. Uh, if they weren't getting vaccines, right. And this was, I I look, people, they, they lay the groundwork for you. They telegraph really hard. They'll tell you what they're going to do in the future. Um, and they'll, they'll spoon feed it to you for a while. And then all of a sudden they'll crank it down real hard. And I started watching people, uh, freak out over the video that was coming out of China. And the moment you have that panic, that's when you can ratchet down real hard. And I went, you, you people need to stop, right? One, it's the Chinese government. They're they're totalitarian wackos that hate people. So when you ask me, why would they be mailing people into buildings? Well, because they're the Chinese government and they don't give a damn, right? And if they think there's any utility in doing this, they'll do it, right? Because people don't matter to them at all. And... uh I got, you know, some people in my chat and stuff that were really upset with me. They were like, oh, man, but like I had COVID and you can feel it coursing through your veins, man. I'm like, I'm not making that up. Someone actually told me. That. I was like, no, you can't. That's all in your head. You need to relax.
0: <laughs> you may be no, sick, but you God. are not feeling it coursing through your veins. Thanks.
1: Right. It's, it's not the, the stuff that they, uh, you know, kill people in the gas chamber with or anything. Just relax. All right. And it was, no, Don, you understand how bad it is. And I, I understand how bad it's going to get. Right, you don't stop this. Um, you know, one Trump responds to the base, so when the whole country's freaking out, he's going to go. We got to do something. And you know who's going to be there to do something? All these people that you hate, right? All of you who are coming to me and talking about how I need to talk about the deep state more, which at the time was a thing. You know, it was uh, Don. You, you should just turn the entire show into like deep state. You know, one hundred one to three hundred. I was like, that no, no one has that attention span. No, um, I don't even have that attention span. And I've been reading about him for, you know, 15 years. So, no. Uh, And just on a dime, the whole country turned and went, uh, you know, CDC, please rule my life. And I went, you hated these people two weeks ago. What are you doing? right? Um, And there were people uh, on, you know, the, the very dissident kind of right that I said, you know, look, you need to stop. You need to go actually examine facts and figures and i got ruthlessly mocked for quite a while because i, I you know you're a crazy person and the lockdowns happen and a couple people started giving me side-eye glances like well how'd you know and i went because they told you they told you 10 years ago they told you five years ago you know they told you it was coming and no one you know the, the country has never been this freaked out about a virus before right uh and the freak out's what you need and then it was well yeah but it's only two weeks bro shut up and i went if this ends in two weeks i will end my show i will eat this hat live on tv or you know live on youtube as the last thing that i do on the internet I, you will never even hear of me in a comment section again oh yeah we'll, like you'll do that and i went okay now you put up go ahead tell me what tell me what's happening if it goes the other way uh, then we started getting the italian figures and everybody's talking about oh they're see, it's killing everybody. And I went, you don't know anything about Italy, right? <laughs> you know, Have you I mean, seen I mean, like, an, an Italian? <laughs> right. Like the kind of, kind of big dudes. What can I say? And on and on this goes. And the whole while during the whole two weeks is, uh, you know, the, the first two weeks, everybody's telling me, uh, you yeah, shut up, Don, this is going to go away. And I went, you don't get it. This is never going to go away. And I mean, never. Right. In all of time. Uh, until the powers that be currently are no longer the powers that be. This is going to keep going. Oh, no, it isn't. Shut up. It's going to, you know, we're just taking some uh, defensive measures against the virus. And I was like, it's not an attacking army, right? You don't stop it at the border, check its passport and send it on its way. That's not how this works. Uh, Well, yeah, but, you know, we'll we'll lock down and then everybody will be fine. You'll see. Uh, And about the time that we've been locked down a month, the narrative started to change on the right. Um, and they went, wait a minute, maybe this isn't just going away. And I was, (laughs) (laughs) you know, wait just a second here.
0: We've been hoodwinked again.
1: right? And when the economy closures hit, suddenly everybody became real interested. The world economic forum, um, You know, and I've been hating on them as a subsection of the UN effectively for years. And I went, oh, now we care, you know, (laughs) and it was uh, it was bad for a while there. Um, You know, I I talk about stuff like the average death rate of uh, uh, oh, let's call it cooties, because this will still get you banned off YouTube, right? The average death rate of cooties was or the average age of death of was like five years above the average age of death in basically every western country uh, and I, I get people who are like you think the average age like you think that just means people die on the average age of death and i was like no but averages they, <laughs> but on they, average <laughs> yes because it puts what there, an average there's is like there's like a band right and they do stuff right and so if if this one is further down like this is less deadly than this and it turns out that this is just life right, <laughs> right. <laughs> at that point we should be okay right oh no everybody's still paying right um and then the treatment stuff started to happen uh you know uh, trump talking about stuff on tv we oh we should you know again i don't know what gets banned from youtube anymore i started broadcasting exclusively on rumble to avoid these problems but um, you know he started saying oh t- take this effectively over-the-counter stuff right is was the deal stuff that you could get Basically anywhere, and I went. Oh, they're never going to allow that. And everyone and their brother. uh, This is around the time that the uh, the lab leak theory first hits the internet, and everybody's like, "Don, you need to understand it came out of a lab." And I "I don't care, right? You need you need to understand that where it came from, who did it, uh, why they did it. None of these things matter except the potential of why, because why will tell you what is going on in politics right now, and it is simply a massive power. And you need to understand that. You need to understand this is going to end up one of the most horrible things that we've ever done. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, but it's really important that we financed it. I went, who gives a shit? You know, what, what does that actually gain you? What, are you going to get Fauci fired? Because I don't think you're going to get Fauci fired. Oh, yeah, that's, this is how we're going to get Fauci fired. Well, how'd that turn out, right? Um, which goes to what I'd been spending a lot of time on at the time, which is, look, we need to have this fight. And we need to actually pretend like it's a fight, even if we don't believe it. Oh, well, you know, is it really that bad and that sort of thing? And thankfully, uh, you know, duties has has turned a bunch of people to go, wow, this really is a fight. Uh, but way too late, right? You know, th- there was a time. Uh, one, Trump's still in office. Had the whole country stood up and gone, hey, man, no, this is not a thing. Uh, he he would have stopped. Uh, I I maintain that that is a thing simply because again he responded to the base and we didn't do it and so we got all this nonsense and in a truly shocking turn of events all the you know the the, um, big pharma that everybody on the internet has hated basically since there's an internet that we all sat around worshipping for three weeks right um, didn't like Trump either and I was like (gasps) oh Just, I am so shocked that this industry that he, by the way, had been hurting for quite some time doesn't like him. Weird, and it was it was really mind blowing for me because people that had, whether or not I disagree with you on a handful of things, doesn't matter to me as long as you're heading the right cardinal direction. Just turned on a dime and walked the other way, right? And I went, "What are you doing?" You know, right? People I've been uh, talking ec- economics with for you know three years, right? All suddenly, well, this isn't an econ problem, Don. Like, wh- what are the economics of this going to be? How's that going to go if we shut down everything? Well, it doesn't matter because the, this virus is going to, it's the Spanish flu, bro. It's not Spanish flu, right? There, there's not a stack of bodies in China that you can see from the moon. It's not the Spanish flu. Stop it, right? It, that concentration of people, you should literally be able to see it from the moon, not just figuratively, right? <laughs> but it didn't matter. Everybody's afraid. Uh, everybody uh, needed a, just a little, little bit of TSA type copium to to get through it. And uh, guess who was there to give it to you? You know the powers that be. And I, I think that a serious thing happened there that nobody wants to pay attention to, which is we we have turned a corner as a planet, uh, or at least the West, right? Because you know China just does whatever they want, um, but. The West as a whole turned a corner right then and there. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of proof of concept for. Uh, you know, you need people scared to be able to get stuff done. Patriotic exists. You know, on the other hand, nothing so in-your-face invasive has happened in the history of the West as far as I can. I, I can't think of a single thing, right, in the history of the West that was as invasive as every single person in your house. You need to isolate your children and then testimonials of people doing it and being praised for it. I Stalin is spinning in his grave because he could not have got this done and we did, you know? And that kind of precedent, I know. Don, it's not a legal precedent it doesn't matter worse
0: if it was a legal president you'd be
1: like well okay then we just gotta change the laws and
0: fix that No, it's it's a a mental or a cultural shift where i mean for example just in a sort of a a minor issue uh, it wasn't minor to me but i spent a few months living in mexico city where there is no mask law there is no max mask mandate and 99 percent of people wear masks outside alone walking their dogs exercising riding bikes so the laws are relevant a lot of times, and in this case the yeah maybe whatever laws they might change in relation doesn't none of this shit matters when the planet, like you said, has largely just been totally fucking mind warped
1: yeah and here's here's the thing is this in a vacuum, this is bad right if if there was literally existence started in what like December of 2019 and and we were just here now, that would be bad. However, go go look at these people, right? You know, when I was a kid, hand sanitizer was not a thing. It just you know, hey, hey, hey go play in the dirt. Uh, you're dirty, rub it off with some more dirt, you know? And that's just how it was. And, you know, when I don't know, my parents were kids, it was like, uh, you played in the dirt, uh, you're not dirty enough, get back in the mud hole, right? But now, You've got hand sanitizer on every aisle, right? You've got hand sanitizer at the front of every store. You've got people carrying around bottles of stuff. Some of that existed before cooties. Yeah. Like point, point zero,
0: zero, zero, two percent of people were a little insane and probably carried around hand sanitizer before.
1: Right. But now go with a nice round number of half, right? You know, and, and. They have their various reasons. Oh, I don't carry this because of cooties. I carry this because, uh, I don't know, botulism exists in the dirt. Like, <laughs> it turns out botulism has existed in the dirt since there's been botulism. Shut up, you know? And this this slow mold of how you, you know, of, of people everywhere, this is the kind of thing that you do to, you know, scare the hell out of people. And when you scare the hell out of people, you get to make big moves. And uh, then the precedent in their minds is that, Every now and again, you should be really scared of something, right? And just absolutely terrified. And so, when the next thing comes along to scare you, you're you're primed and ready to go, right? You know, oh, the uh, the uh, uh, whoever, because Fafsi's probably getting along towards dying these days, so he might not even see the next one just of old age, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. He's, uh, he's getting along in years, so it might be somebody else, but it's going to come along in a handful of years. And by the way, he's already doing it, right? Oh, if the next variant's dangerous, we better be prepared to mask up and lock down again. It's, it's not going away. It's, it will be added to incrementally until uh, you know whatever the next thing is comes along. And by the way, the limit to this is the limit of people's imagination. It's not like, oh, man, just once we have you living in the pod, then everything will be good, right? Like, fine. Live in the pod. Uh, eat the bug. Uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And as soon as we get there, somebody will come up with a new great idea of, I don't know, we'll make your pod 10% smaller. It'll be like taking that one, you know, olive out of uh, airplane salads, right? Uh, a bunch of years ago, the guy like became a millionaire. Over. It'll be that kind of thing. You know, there, there, there will be an next incremental step. And if you don't believe that, go listen to the transhumanists right now. What are they talking about? Oh, one day we're just going to be a brain in a box and you're going to pull it out of the machine that you're in. We'll slap don't it into a new don't need to, to worry about diseases anymore. Right? And once that's done, right, and let's let's say we get to this cyberpunk dystopia where everybody is just a brain in a box. Well, why do you need legs anymore? Let's just plug you into the board cube and call it a day, right? And, you know, it sounds crazy, but a hundred years from now, somebody's listening to this, they're going to go, huh, you knew. You know, (laughs) and it's we just keep letting it happen over and over and over again, as though uh, somehow this time, uh, you know, when we acquiesce to the the stupid thing that somebody comes up with, they're like, well, that'll be it, right? They just need to shut down the entire Western economy, the most powerful thing that's ever existed in all of human history uh, in the world of economics for like a month. Like, I don't know. Uh, no one will ever do that again right like notoriously uh, people who get that kind of power just are like you know what thanks um, it was a good run I'll see you later right and then you get stupid people say things like well, what about George Washington like yeah, you got another one like one of the past two centuries maybe
0: <laughs> you mentioned earlier like you know yeah maybe if enough people have stood up to this in the beginning there there could be a way to fight this but we're kind of past that point now so What would you say is someone on, whether it's just someone on the right or just someone that just sees the general scope of what's been happening here and doesn't like it, (laughs) what is one to do? Do you think there is no way to really change how how things are unfolding at the global scale? And if there's not, then what are we to do? Just, you know, do stuff like this, talk about it, talk about it on video shows and and just, just vent about it? Or are there actionable steps that people can actually take, whether it's not to change the whole course of history, maybe, but to protect ourselves in certain ways, or maybe being in certain geographic areas or something like that?
1: So this is not a war that will be able to be fought defensively. Uh, and if you don't believe that, I'd like you to go ask uh, the Branch Davidians. Now, you might have some difficulty doing that, uh, but I think your difficulties will incline you to why you can't fight this defensively, right? Um, and that's just how it is, right? So unless, uh, I, don't, I don't know, the, the, the Peter Thiel's of the world or something are listening to this show right this very moment, for the rest of you who are not multimillionaires or billionaires or whatever, uh, that can't just go out and buy your own 5,000-acre plot and staff it with an army, um, you're going to have to start small, like a really small. Uh, and it's not going to be fulfilling for a long time. And I speak from definitive experience on that front. Um, look things like, uh, and, and this is going to sound ridiculous, go put together a neighborhood watch, right? Like, it's not exciting. It's not cool. Yes. You're a dorky boomer. On the other hand, you know what neighborhood watches are? Uh, a group of people who all know each other in one geographic location Mm -hmm. and trust each other. That's the idea, right? Now, again, you're, you're going to have a whole bunch of people who are not interested. On the other hand, self-selecting process, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not interested in the general community around you? Cool. Get out.
0: Right. Check you off the list, at least. I don't need to talk to you anymore.
1: hmm And, uh, you know, oh, Dawn, I don't think I could start a neighborhood watch. Cool. Uh, go start a hunting club, right? Because you know what? It turns out that uh, you're going to start out you, the other guy you know that goes hunting, and your three friends, maybe. Right, so the five guys out in the middle of the woods doing hard things together, and it turns out that you get to depend on guys that you did hard things with. Right, this is this is why vets act like vets. Right, is, oh we all did hard shit, cool. Right, and you grow that, you find more people. Right, because maybe those people don't live next door to you, but if you have to drive fifteen minutes, if something horrible happens, that beats oh I got to drive six hours to the next state, uh, to the next you know county whatever. Uh, where my blood relatives are, who, let's be honest, most of us that are into this sort of thing, half of our families think we're nuts. So they're not going to be in any better. Half shape would than be great. Right? A great
0: number. <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> right.
1: If it was only half, I'd be uh, ecstatic. Exactly. Right. And you know, even the ones that kind of tolerate you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the crazy mm-hmm. guy. That talks about politics so much. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Uh, but it's gonna be starting small now, uh, Don. Uh, okay, so I've got my, you know, my 10 guys, my 20 guys, my whatever. Okay, we're going to, you're going to probably need more than that, right? Uh, show up any time in your life uh, with 50 people to a city council meeting, right? Now, it's going to seem like a waste of time. You're probably going to have to take time off work to do it. But if you have a remotely friendly city council meeting for you, so if you are not the radical left and you live in San Francisco, I'm not talking. Yeah, I was going to gonna say,
0: this wouldn't have worked in my former home of Los Angeles, probably no matter how many guys you got on your side.
1: Oh, uh, you know, you got a good you know, million or two strapped around the building, then they're going to be pissed yeah. um, and pay attention to what you have to say. But, you know, presumably all the rest of us are moving away from these cities as fast as we can. We're, you know, uh, I live in a county of less than 20,000 people, wow. whole county county. Wow. That's about the size of the small town
0: I grew up in, but county, that that's impressive. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, and so, look, I show up to my city council meeting with 50 people. Uh, geez, shit, there's like 1% of the county's pissed off about something. Right? But the thing is, people don't go to city council meetings. People don't go to county meetings. People don't go to any... Like, They show up for the presidential election. Uh, maybe half of those show up for the midterms, but Nobody pays any attention. It's why the school board thing is effective right now, right? People are showing up to school boards and going, what the hell is going on? And it turns out it doesn't take much, right? There there are places where five people have effectively rooted out half of this Marxist nonsense at school boards. Mm -hmm. Five people, right? People don't show up to these things. So if you show up in force, okay, maybe they'll tell you to pound sand, and that's fine. But guess what? Turns out this kind of small local election thing you can't fight oh don democracy's faking gay okay cool don't care I mean, it is but I, we like, can still use it for- you know i i don't care if the hammer is pink does it pound nails <laughs> that's
0: that's a that's a quote i'm gonna remember
1: <laughs> did you just come up with that that, that,
0: that that's like i want to i want to see a don, a don uh, the pleb face you know s- silhouette with a quote card uh, spread around with that, with that on it with the, the pink hammer in the background
1: Uh, actually i just talk like this all the time so yes i just came up with that by all means uh put it on a meme and and distribute appropriately um but this is people don't look at politics like that they want to be invested they want to be uh more importantly emotionally invested and for them this is not a long-term fight that needs to be played more like a chess game that's going to last 10 years it needs to be played like uh i i want to go out you know what it needs to be like is wrestling right and this is part of why trump was popular because yeah. he gets wrestling right
0: man we're just getting to the wrestling now an hour in this is my this is my real wheelhouse here that's terrible because i don't watch wrestling that much anymore in
1: fact basically none
0: well it's there's not yeah things if we i could do an hour about wrestling so let's
1: just i'll let you continue um the trump beating the C, uh the hell out of cnn meet right that was that exact moment was very vindicating for a lot of the right not not
0: just its existence i mean you know that's very much meme culture i think we've seen memes like that the president tweeting that meme is what's fucking wild right right
1: and and him standing behind a microphone and going enemy of the people The, the the mainstream media they hate you right yes We all know it. We know it for years. The Clinton News Network. Yeah, Trump's beating the hell out of CNN, right? And we want that. We want that to be the governing principle of our lives. Well, go watch Idiocracy, because that's where that Mm. ends. Shit. Things are bad. (laughs) Right? Okay. I mean, by the way, now we got Kamal Harris doing exactly that, right? There's a big country, and we're a small country. So basically, that's bad. Wow, thank you. Any other foreign policy advice that we can get from you, you idiot? But anyway, um, as to what you can do, right? So the thing about this is, and and this, this is, nobody wants to have this low of time preference, right? You get in there, you get the city council uh, straightened out so they're not doing just whatever dumb crap, right? Uh, furthermore, city councils have a lot of power in cities. Nobody thinks so, but they do. Uh, all this stuff that people are, you know, oh, yeah, DeSantis, right? You you can do that wherever you live. You can. And there's basically nobody to stop you. Um, you know, your mayor, it's going to be a fight to get your mayor replaced, but it's probably not going to be a fight to get your city council replaced, or at least not that big a one. Um, just because there's there's not millions of dollars there. There's not hundreds of millions of dollars there. They're starting to be in some places. Uh, you know, Malkin did a, Michelle Malkin did a, uh a thing about how that happened in colorado the democrat party just rolled in with hundreds of millions of dollars and took basically every seat in the whole state uh and that's how colorado went blue um but if you know if you, again you live in san francisco not talking to you right you're not going to be able to just root those people out yeah, No, d- your first step is get the fuck out exactly right put 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 your shit in the back of your car and drive Right. And wherever you run out of gas outside of California, stop there and try it. It's a better place for sure. Right. And chances are good. You'll find a job that fast. Right. It just you'll be good. Um, And for those of you that live in California, that's not a joke. All right. Um, Yes. Even now,
0: I I left a lot of people behind the lines there. So I'm still I'm still begging them to come out, too. But you can only do so much. You know,
1: oh, man, I'm I'm with you. I. uh, Hey, man, just come out and stay with me for a while. Just, you know, come come take a two week vacation out here. I'll pay for everything except ticket or your gas, uh, which I understand that suddenly is not (laughs) as good of a deal anymore. But when Trump was in office and I was saying that gas was even in California was like $3 a gallon. Um, But you know, nobody wants to do it. Uh, Well, yeah, man, we'll totally come to it. uh, I guess. Um, And I've had one person take me up Um, and he came out in the middle of the big Texas freeze and was like, I don't know how much I like this. And I was like, <laughs> it's a once-in-a-century storm, man. I- <laughs> Sorry. I swear it's not always like this. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, you, you get, it doesn't even have to be that much power, right? And then you're going to need to learn to wield it effectively, right? You, you can't, you know, uh, political currency is a thing, right? So you can't, uh, uh, you know, if you, you go out to kind of a purple city, right, and you take over the city council, and you go, okay, so we're, we're now passing a city ordinance that uh, we're building a trebuchet in Town Square and we're shooting leftists at that <laughs> mountain. Like, mm, maybe slow your roll a little bit, right? Um, but you get in there and you say, you know, uh, whatever, whatever your various problem is that has agitated you to doing this. Now, oh, Don, how am I going to overturn the Fed with this? You're not, okay? I have realistic goals, that matters, right? But you can improve the life around you. Mm-hmm. And start doing so, right? Uh, And once you start doing so, people will notice. Um, Some people you don't want to notice will notice, right? Uh, The left will notice, and they will come for you, right? So the other thing you got to be doing is shoring up that power, right? You can't have, like, all these career politicians you hate. You can't be them. You can't just go, well, I live in a uh, R plus 60 district, so, like, I'll just do whatever I want. Uh, Nope. Because the hit squads are coming, right? It'll be political hit squads. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the FBI will necessarily Waco you. Per se. They might, but not necessarily, right? And then you expand and that's it, right? But as much as it's easy for me to just say that, what I just described is is 10 years, 15 years, right? And by the way, adapt the strategy to wherever you live. For those of you who don't live in America, I don't know your politics probably as well as you do right you you have a i don't know the british have a a town council that works sort of like a city council right um and you know the uh, somebody over there has a real similar thing the italians or something like that um and look the more corrupt country you're in sorry the harder it's going to be yeah i get it i'm saying that from america on the other hand most of our corruption is high up because that's where all the power is right that's where you get good concentrated power if your, your locality is, uh, horrifically corrupt, right? Like if you have an open air slave market, Libya,
0: <laughs> the town council strategy might not be the one,
1: <laughs> right? Like you're, you're going to go down there and be like, Hey, we need to get you out of power. And they're like, Hey, we haven't beheaded anybody in 12 hours, you know, it, gauge accordingly, right? You know, you, you, there are always things you can do. The big question. And again, for those of you not in the U S is what and where? Right. But as a general premise, for those of you in the U.S., near certain you can get your town or county seats. Right. Like I don't actually live in a city. Uh, I live 10 miles from the nearest city. So county seats are actually going to affect my life. And so that's a very doable thing. You know, no one is fighting for these things. Uh, Well, in my case, there might be just because there's a bunch of cattle ranchers out here and they have got a lot of money. But. Hey, look. They're also not a problem, right? I don't need to go fight them. They're not doing stupid things. But as Texas should have taught everybody by now, oh, But even in Texas, there's all this CRT and the the city and county guys are promoting it. Go get rid of them. Well, I don't have any money. Well, look, it's not exactly the world's greatest success story, but I just spent the last uh, about year helping a guy uh, run for office down in midland area of texas guy spent uh twenty thousand dollars on his entire campaign every every single dollar that he spent was under 20 grand uh and the two guys that he was fighting against dropped a massive sum of money because he's in a decent-sized city area um i I think a million each no less less than 20 grand uh he took somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of the vote Now, look i'm a poor kid all right i don't have an ass load of money nice mic or not right it took me two or three years to be able to buy this mic and solely because of the donations from the show that's the kind of money i'm working with right on the other hand most of you probably know a guy who is pissed off about something who makes a decent amount of money and you know what if that thing is political and it almost certainly is right hey uh I think that uh, we shouldn't be teaching kids fellatio at, uh, you know, second grade, which, by the way, is 90% of the country or something. Uh, well, hey, look, how about if we go get rid of the people that do that and I'll go do it. Right. You, But I need your help. And tell your friends. Right. Tell the guys you work with. Tell the guys, you know. Right. It's very doable, but people don't want to do it. And make no mistake, it's tiring. It's stressful. It's shitty. but you want this to stop? That's how you're going to do it. You're going to have to abandon video games. You're going to have to abandon, uh, you know, whatever it is that you do for leisure for a lot of the time that you probably do it for right now, because it's time consuming, right? Knocking on doors, uh, hosting town halls. You know, these things are not. You just show up for an hour and talk. You know, you got to go get a place. You got to plan it out. You got to advertise the thing. It takes time, and sometimes it takes money. Uh, but there are people who've done this. there's the guy that just dethroned the head of the Democrat Party in New Jersey, and he spent like, uh, you know, he's he has corrected the meme numerous times. He spent more than $200. We spent like two grand. Right. Uh, And now he has dethroned the head of the Democrat Party in New Jersey, mostly because he went on Facebook and went, everything we're doing is stupid and we should do none of that. Right. That was all it took done
0: i really appreciate your time uh i have i have a hard out i could probably do this for for two more hours so maybe we'll maybe we'll pick it up another day but really appreciate your time and uh, you know more than anything else i I think you know it's easy for people like us because we are always right uh to to point out look we were right about this thing we were saying this saying that saying that it only really gets us so far but the thing i'm trying to focus the most on now with the conversations i'm having and i think the most important part of this conversation was was the what can we do because that's what people come to me and ask that's what and there isn't and I, I think you really hit the nail on the head because yeah what you laid out isn't easy but sorry everybody this is a fucking shitstorm, and they're literally trying to reshape the world so that you literally owe nothing so, yeah, it's going to be hard. <laughs> I mean, you, we don't have an option. We can suffer under the world that they're clearly and almost effortlessly putting into place, or we can suffer by th- some sort of action that we choose that has some chance to make our lives better. Those are the only options. And so I, I think you've laid yeah. that out pretty clearly. So for let you go Don, why don't you just let everybody know where they can find everything you're doing and where they can hear more from you. I know, like you mentioned, you're doing the rumble now to avoid, uh, avoid <laughs> having to say things like cooties for an
1: hour. Exactly. Uh, I am the worst brander on planet earth. Uh, and so this is, this is going to be a shit show. Let me warn you in advance. Uh, rubble.com slash pleb media. Uh, that, that is probably the easiest one over on Twitter. I'm at kilo procurement over on gab. I'm at two underscore plebs, uh, on getter. I am at pleb media. Uh, <laughs> probably. there is an odyssey channel. There is still a YouTube channel. It's there uh youtube has effectively become advertisements for rum because uh i started getting strikes for videos that weren't even published yeah that that's
0: yeah that started to happen to us too it's like it was one thing when it was our videos but even unlisted shows that were sh- only shared privately we're getting it's like okay they're really they're going full full balls
1: out on this one yep and it's uh it it's been a disaster um We should definitely do this again, because that last thing you said there, I, of course, want to say like two hours of shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Well, we will plan a follow-up in that case. But in the meantime, you can check out Don the Pleb. Look, my listeners are smart. I like to think so. They can can find you wherever they choose to to watch and listen to things. So, Don, thank you so much for coming on. Keep up the great work. And as always, keep on roaring, brother. Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) All right, gang. That's it for Don the Pleb. That's it for me. Until next time, don't forget, hey toss me a subscribe find that lions of liberty with mark claire feed if you listen to the lions of liberty network feed that's fantastic leave me a five-star rating and a great review that would mean the world to me by just searching lions of liberty with mark claire on apple podcasts as well check out my Substack where i have not written anything due to the aforementioned road trip for some time but i will certainly be getting back to that great time to catch up on the back catalog it's called metanoia you can find it at markclare.substack.com. till next time my friends Live long and live free and live free and live free and live free.